can spell voice comes in, you know it's time to begin. And wherever you are, whenever you are, and however you happen to be listening, we're so glad you've chosen to tune in to DLC. Especially if you're one of our geeks in sneaks, using this podcast to power you through a workout or a run, or hey, maybe you're just sitting in traffic. Wishing the time would go by a little bit quicker. We're going to try to help by being in your ear holes for 90 plus minutes of gaming goodness because DLC is your downloadable commentary for the week delivered the way we love it to be. And that is completely free. Thanks to our patrons at patreon.com slash DLC pod. They bring the show to you. They are the reason we get to keep going. They support us with their generosity and in exchange, you get some cool stuff, including ad-free versions of the show, video versions of the show on demand, and a boatload of bonus content, including your Wednesday paid DLC program with Lana Bushinsky joining Christian Spicer and myself. Talk about whatever's on our minds. Fun times had by all. Also, you get Feeling This with Alex Solman and Christian Spicer talking about the feelings behind video games. Season two coming soon. and. Audio versions of the DLC book club, which, let's be honest, I finally put up uh, in the patron feed with Lana Bushinsky and myself talking about books and the books we are reading, including the Malazan books of the fallen. Oh, my gosh. So much bonus content for patrons, all available to you at patreon.com slash DLC pod. But this show, the main show. DLC, it's the show all about games in the many forms. Games played on desktops, laptops, and consoles. Also games that involve dice, luck, and cardboard. I am your host, Jeff Kanata. This spell with two N's and one T. And I am joined, as always, by my friend, slash co-host, slash nemesis. The guy who joins me in wishing all of the Americans listening a very happy and healthy and safe Memorial Day weekend. Hello, Christian. Hello, Jeff. Hello, everyone. Season two is coming uh, next month is the beginning Holy rollout moly, of season it's, two. It's, uh, we're almost at next month, Christian. I know. I, that's, I've been, I think last week I said I was going to spend the week editing and there's been editing happening. We have video versions of feeling this uh, this time around and audio versions. We're going to start rolling it out. Uh, yeah, it's going to be a summer, a summer of feels uh, <laughs> on the Patreon. So Amazing. It'll be fun. Well, it's a perfect time to get in on that Patreon, patreon.com slash DLC pod. I have something else I'd like to plug right at the top, Christian. I don't usually do this at the top of the show, but it, it means a lot to me. Um, I am going to be raising some money for uh, a good cause. Uh, Providence Cancer Institute in Portland, Oregon. Uh, I'm going to be running Hood to Coast in August, which is a 48-hour, nonstop, 200-mile marathon. Uh, Not marathon, relay race, I should say. Uh, 12 of us in two vans, teams of 12 people in two vans each. Uh, not sleeping, running, handing the baton to the next person, continuing to run all through the night, all through the day, uh, from the top of a mountain all the way to the coast. It's ill-advised. Let's put it that way. It is not going to be fun. Uh, It is going to be grueling. And uh, I'm probably going to be injured because I've been injured uh, multiple times doing these kinds of things. However, it is for a good cause. And I'm trying to raise $12,000, which I think is an achievable goal, uh, for the Providence Cancer Institute. They're doing research into preventing 
prostate cancer specifically. And uh, I'm running with the Eastmoreland Fathers Association. Uh, I am not an Eastmoreland father, but I am a father. Uh, and uh, I'm hoping folks will help me stay motivated when I want to stop running at three o'clock in the morning and it's pitch black dark. I have slept a bit, about an hour and I want to be done with all of it. I want to think about this cause and folks can support me and support the East Merlin Fathers Association and, and support the Providence Cancer Institute by going to bit.ly, B-I-T dot L-Y slash run Jeff run. Uh, like I said, I'm trying to get to $12,000. I'm already at $3,094, uh, $3,094 uh, as of this recording, which is pretty good. I'm really proud of that. Um, but folks can uh, can help support by going to bit.ly, B-I-T dot L-Y slash run Jeff run. That's awesome. Yeah, thanks. I, I, uh, you know, I don't usually say stuff like that at the top of the show, but I really wanted people to hear it. But hey, we got, my goodness, we got a huge show for you, ladies and gentlemen. You know the DLC always stands for your downloadable Kanata and your downloadable Christian. But this week, oh, I'm so excited because once again, DLC stands for Dusk Leads to Confections. Because we have senior editor at IGN by day and pie maker by night. Tom Marks is back with us. Hey, Tom. Hello. It's good to be here. Thanks for having me back. Oh, my goodness. Uh, I'm so delighted to have you back. Love reading your stuff at IGN. Thank and I got to say, you know, when I do these, uh, the little DLC acronym things, I always go back and listen to people who've been on before. And last time you were on, uh, the acronym was uh, Deputy Who Loves Confections because you were Deputy Reviews Editor. You yes. are now Senior Reviews Editor. Yeah, that happened recently. That happened like a month or two ago. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, Well deserved. I, I kind of miss it, though. I feel like we sort of chose Deputy almost as like a goof, me and Dan Stapleton, because Dan Stapleton was the, is the executive reviews editor now, I think, director of reviews at IGN. He got a promotion as well. And uh, I, I liked Deputy because I was literally just his right-hand man. And right. I, I really wanted the promotion to be to sheriff editor, but it <laughs> yeah, did yeah, not but, work out. <laughs> sheriff reviews editor yeah. would have been would have been cool. <laughs> Senior works too, though. I'm not I'm not complaining. Well, I don't th- I don't know if you want sheriff because usually when the deputy gets promoted to the sheriff, it's only for one act. You know, like that true. sheriff yeah. doesn't last. Yeah, the, that's, the that's vigilante very true. comes to town, and often yeah. the town isn't big enough for the both of you. You know, that's the problem. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, regardless of that, congratulations. Welcome back to the show. Let's get right into it. We got a lot to get to, ladies and gentlemen. Let's start the show the way we always do with Story of the Week. Story of the Week. It's the Story of the Week. Story of the Week. It's the Story of the Week. Story of the Week is the part of the show where we make our case for the most important stories that happen in the world of games this week. You can always submit stories for our consideration by sending us an email to dlcfeedback at gmail.com. You can also send comments and questions, anything you'd like us to know. We love hearing from you, dlcfeedback at gmail.com. We also have communities you can be a part of, including our Discord, which is 5x5DLC on Discord, uh, and our subreddit, which is 5x5DLC.reddit.com. Two great places to hang out with like-minded folks. We uh, suggest you take part. Check it out. Dabble. Dip your toes. There's good folks hanging out. But, you know, usually this is the part of the show where I say, hey, what's your story of the week? <sighs> there's one story this week. I mean, there are other stories, but really, there's one story. Because Sony had not a state of play, ladies and gentlemen. No, they had a showcase. And uh, they showed 
Uh, I'm looking at my notes here. Uh, a lot of stuff. Um, a, a cubic uh, boatload of things. And we're going to do our best to talk about as much of it as we can. But first, Tom, I want to ask you sort of overall feelings about the Sony showcase. And more pointedly, I'm curious, was this their E3? Do you think this was the big summer showcase? It felt pretty uh, hefty and it felt like it had a lot of heavy hitters in it. Do you think we're going to see something else this summer or do you think this was the was it i i think this was it and that's actually like it's a good question because i i enjoyed the showcase i thought it was had a good smattering i liked the indie stuff the triple a stuff they showed looked pretty flashy and cool in a lot of instances i didn't think it was like a blow the doors off the joint banger of a showcase but my expectations were pretty low because i didn't think about the fact that this might be their e3 showcase i just right thought it was a PlayStation thing that they were going to show off some games. And so they had this showcase and I was like, yeah, you know, that was pretty well paced and there was some really cool stuff. I think if I went in thinking this was their E3 thing, I probably would have been a little more disappointed or been like, yeah, this wasn't like, this wasn't what I might expect from an E3 caliber show, Mm. but they didn't really bill it that way. And I didn't have those personal expectations for it. So I thought it was, I thought it was very cool. I thought there was a lot of stuff to like, and you know, maybe not anything, anything that like, really really wowed me but yeah yeah i I enjoyed it for sure but in in retrospect you kind of do think it might be their e3 presentation so i think it i think we're not going to get another big thing like this from i don't think we're definitely not going to get another thing on this scale from them in the next two months you know so i think this is probably what they're treating this as yeah it's interesting that it happened in may uh it's very early and it and you're right it kind of snuck up on everybody i mean we we'd heard that they were going to do this, but I don't think anybody kind of anticipated that it was going to be this. I mean, it was structured like the recent summer time, you know, back to back to back trailers with some, you know, hardware announcements in there too. It was real casual. Just like, here's a brand new piece of hardware at the (laughs) end of it. Right. Yeah. Uh, Christian, same question to you. I mean, do you think this is, this was the big summer rollout that we're, are we going to see something else from Sony or what do you think? I think this was the big summer rollout. I think it was started with it kind of like, here's what you've been waiting for. Like there was a little bit of, of pomp, right? And it was, um, head of studio coming out and, uh, making this presentation. So it had that air of authority and it was a showcase, you know, for the direct versus the, or the state of play versus the showcase. It's, you know, tomato, tomato to some extent, but historically the showcase has been the thing, right? Like the, it, it somehow has more gravitas behind it. Yeah. Um, I think there was a lot of stuff to like in this presentation. I also kind of understand, we've talked about it before, but I also kind of understand why Sony maybe wouldn't want to do an E3, you know, at the same time as everybody else. Like mm, that's interesting. Com- comparing showcase eye uh, <laughs> to one another. And this particular presentation, more so than many I've seen recently, gave me feelings of, are they? Is it? Like there's a lot of like, 
I, I felt like this this presentation had a lot of we hope to make this game <laughs> like feel, like a lot of stuff felt far out. Some felt very immediate, but a lot of the other stuff and we'll step through it. But like Marathon, for example, or some of this stuff, it felt like a um, we'd love to make this game. <laughs> Making <laughs> you aware of, of this IP. Yeah. yeah. In the back of my head, I'm like, those games are big, expensive this year calendar year these last 12 months i should say not calendar year but like 2022 to where we are in 2023 have had probably more of those types of games canceled than recent memory and sony seems to be putting a lot in it so i think it was a fascinating presentation but it it did not you know i wasn't standing up and cheering throughout like i was watching i watched the whole thing and i was left wondering how many of these games will end up playing and and when will end up playing them? There were a lot of dates missing, to, I think, Jeff. To that, yeah, well, exactly. To that point, uh, one of my jobs kind of, or what I was doing is I was going through and updating our sort of our internal reviews tracker as they were announcing games and announcing dates and that sort of thing. And there was a handful that got dates this year, but the vast majority was sort of a three-way split between TBD 2023, TBD 2024, and then just no date at all. Right. Mm, yeah. And that was, so I think you're dead right. I think over half those things were not even for this year, right? Where Nintendo sort of takes the tactic of like, we're only going to talk like six months out, right? Yeah. Except for Zelda, which took six years or whatever. But you know, that they're, they're exceptions. Yeah. No, I, yeah. I, I think that's accurate. And, and that may be a side effect. I mean, we talk all the time about a date it means nothing, right? It's uh, every, every game is delayed. So maybe that's, what we want, right? We keep saying, why do you even tell us dates if they're not going to, you're not going to hold those dates? And maybe that's what this is. It's like, hey, we're giving you a year. You know, that's coming out 2023, 2024. Oh, we don't know when. I think maybe that might be a healthy growth of, of the industry in that, <laughs> you know, we can not give you a date that we're going to inevitably miss. Sure. Maybe that's the, so that's the, uh, uh, you know, uh, Pollyanna look at it. Uh, the other thing is uh, maybe you guys disagree because you've you've <laughs> cited a number of things where it's like, hey, we just want to be able to be aware of this. But I felt there was actually a lot more emphasis on gameplay shown than CGI cutscene. Um, it just felt like there were more games showing the gameplay. And yes, there are certainly big exceptions to that, where it was just kind of like you know that game conquered and and marathon and a number of them where it was just like here's a feeling around this thing, but I thought there was a ton of actual, this is how the game is going to play stuff. And I was very excited about that. Am I wrong in that feeling? Mark, uh, Tom, what do you think? Uh, I'm not sure. I think maybe part of that, I think maybe with the, the not major triple a games, that's, that might be right. The, we still got like fair games. We don't know what that game looks like. Marathon, like you said, was, was sort of more ambiguous, but we got a lot of looks at smaller games or, you know, except for, of course they ended with the big blood of Spider-Man, just like here's 10 minutes. That was a crazy cool action scene with that. And I think they were ready to, to show that one off. But like, then I, I look at, you know, conquered fair games, marathon, Metal Gear Solid, even we just sort of got that that tease. Yeah. So I think, I think definitely the bigger ones still held cards close to their chest and the rest of them were like, all right, let's, let's show what this is actually like. Yeah. Well, fair enough. I guess that's, you know, that tends to be the case, but I don't know. I, I just felt encouraged that I was seeing gameplay from at least some yeah. stuff. 
and and I will I will totally agree with that. I think there was a refreshing amount of seeing what games are like in this yeah. showcase, even if the big ones maybe weren't <laughs> weren't fully playing along with that necessarily. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, interestingly, also Xbox uh, put out a tweet uh, following the showcase saying, uh, "Hey, twelve of those games they showed." Are also coming to Xbox. Uh, so right. I thought that was interesting. Uh, Dragon's Dogma 2 Marathon, uh, Immortals of A- Avium, um, the new Assassin's Creed game, Mirage, Alan Wake 2, Teardown, Talos Principle 2, Plucky Squire, Ghost Runner 2, Neva, uh, Neva, Neva and Cat Quest Pirates of Perbian, Perbian, of the Perbian. I'll get it right. Um, all of those are coming. <laughs> and notably, Metal Gear Solid, Metal Gear Solid Delta, Snake Eater uh, coming. Um, I, I think it's super interesting that Marathon is coming to Xbox, seeing as how PlayStation or Sony bought Bungie. That's interesting yeah. too. That whole acquisition is interesting though, because it feels like it's more of like a strategic, just sort of like helping each other acquisition more than it is just Sony buying that studio outright. Because that was yeah. that was one of the things they said when they bought them out was you know they still get to decide where they publish. And it's very funny to see a, a, you know, Sony owned game coming to Microsoft or Xbox, but here we are. Here we are. (laughs) The total speculation as to what the game marathon will end up being. I do think if it is similar to destiny, that style of game makes sense to have everywhere. We're like, Mm, yeah, because Sony keeps making the money off of it, right? Like every purchase you make, and if it's a continual married to games as service, you're style saying if it's game, a marathon, not a sprint. Yeah, thank, I'm I'm trying to articulate it like if it was a, a run longer, <laughs> it, was a, it lasts a really long time. Yeah, 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 I get it. Like a uh, there's a term that means like a that's like 20, if it's like twenty six point three miles. Uh, <laughs> that's too much. Yes. That's too long. Oh, too far. Too, walk it back. Walk it back. <laughs> um, I think it makes sense for them to be on other platforms. I also think, um, Tom, I agree with you that that acquisition was. Because before, backing up a little bit, sorry, before this showcase, Sony did a dump of uh, here are some financials stuff. <laughs> like here, here, here's this other, here's this businessy stuff that E3 showcases or presentations used to be a lot of way back in the day. And they talked about how much revenue they expect to be getting from live service games in not too many years. And that coupled with this Bungie acquisition really feels like, hey, these games are hard to make you've made a very successful one. We want to stick a straw in your brain (laughs) and learn how to do all of the things because otherwise some of these big games that Sony is, is trying to lift um, like Jade Raymond's new game. And um, there's another one shown too. I think that they're like from young talented folks, but like young studios. Um, And that feels like a big bet. So I I think that bungee side of things is uh, to, to make that bet as um, foolproof as possible. Well, it's uh, it was a jam-packed show, uh, and I want to dive into the specifics of what we liked and what we were dazzled by and what we're super, super excited about and maybe what we were disappointed by as well. Um, let's start with the end because I feel like that was the showstopper, literally. Uh, Tom already mentioned it. Spider-Man 2 a big chunk of game uh, shown, a big chunk of, of uh, seemed to be completely in-game, a uh, big big sequence that featured uh, symbiote suit Peter Parker switching in real time over to Miles Morales and a big, uh, big set piece fight that involved 
the lizard, uh, Dr. Connors and uh, uh, big jet skis and boats. I mean, it was super thrilling, super big. Uh, I've seen tweets from the team, uh, you know, at Insomniac saying, hey, if you thought this was spoiling a lot of the game, don't worry. This is barely scratches the surface of what the game is. That was just the end. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Tom, what was your reaction to seeing Spider-Man 2? It was, I mean, I'm really excited for that. I really enjoyed One and Miles Morales. Um, I thought those were just great games. Very, very fun. Incredibly satisfying to check things off the map in a way that is very sort of outwardly video game-y, but like that not in a derogatory way, if that makes sense. It's just like a very, very fun game, uh, both of those. This gameplay clip i think got me more excited for story than gameplay like it the the whole fight scene was spectacular the animations were really exciting and cool the new moves as symbiote spider-man were really cool but all of that was sort of like yeah that's basically just like updated spider-man right like it didn't it didn't necessarily show me that they were doing anything too crazy because they're not showing their whole hand yet right it's just the first glimpse of it but it was the dialogue and like the interactions and the fact that they're going the symbiote Spider-Man direction. And that like the fact that what they're doing with Miles and Peter working together in that way was so cool to me as the direction they're going for this. But it got me really, really excited to see what else is in this game. And I'm sure the gameplay stuff, you know, will not just be the same game again or whatever. And with some new moves, like, I don't think it's going to be that I'm, I'm just excited to see more. And I think they showed just enough with story and just enough with these set pieces to get me really, really ready to play it and like really hyped up to like see what else is there. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I I was so intrigued by Peter having this edge of almost, you know, darkness. You know, he's got the symbiote suit that's clearly influencing him in some way and, and seeing him sort of be a little more aggressive and, and, you know, miles at the end saying he's never like that. I love the hinting at what that dynamic is going to be is, is, you know, Peter's sort of kind of turning heel a bit with, with the venom suit. Um, I just think that that is a wonderful tease. I'm intrigued by the switching between Peter and miles. It seemed mm. in what we saw to be very directed, like, Hey, it's time to switch to miles. And I wonder if the game is going to work like that, or if it's going to have sort of that GTA five, you know, story mode, you can swap into anybody at any time you know, any of the main characters in any time thing. Um, very curious well, about that. If if I may, I think if I'm remembering correctly, it's been a million years since I played the campaign of GTA five, but I think the, for the parts of GTA five, the story, especially early on, will say, okay, now switch to this character in a very directed way. And it could just be that what they showed us is like the first time you switch or mm. one of the early times where it kind of makes you switch for the story. And yeah. then, after that point, you get the freedom, right? We we don't know, but I think I think that would make sense, right? Yeah, I, I think you're right. I, I agree. It's been a while since I played GTA Five, but uh, I think you're Games right. Ancient. I remember there's specific sequences where you have to play as certain characters. Uh, yeah. So perhaps, uh, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm intrigued, uh, Christian. I know that you were also we were texting back and forth. Um, you were also flipping out by what we saw with uh, Spider Man Two. Yeah, I mean, in Insomniac, I trust. And I think especially yeah. this generation, they yeah. had hit, and, and not only their remasters, but Ratchet and Clank, and also just the product they've put out in a short time span. I've said it once, I'll say it a million times, I'll keep saying it a million times, Sony buying Insomniac is the bargain of a lifetime. 
especially so <laughs> far with like the quality of what they put out and the price tag in which they acquired them for back in the day. I am over the moon for Spider-Man 2. It is, you know, far and away one of my most anticipated games of this of this year. So I want to front load all that from what they've shown. They have shown now in this 10 minutes. I have three questions, and I don't know if that would even go as far as to say that they're concerns, but three questions. One first is Spider-Man menace. <laughs> what are we going to do? Second question. Um, web of, um, I am an old and you say you're a Marvel zombie from way back. I am a webhead from way back. Like I have signed t-shirts as a little kid when I track down um, Todd McFarlane, Eric Larson, like some of these OG nineties Spider-Man are like the rise of venom as an old, I feel like, that heel turn by Peter is Uncle Ben dying. I don't know how many more ways mm. it can still be interesting for me. I think bringing Miles in is a is a potential interesting way to yeah, do it. That is, we haven't the way. seen that, but I'm wondering if this is the last time I'll care to see it. <laughs> like, is 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 this the final? moment where that feels interesting to me because i've seen it so many times i've i've seen toby Maguire dance through it i've read the comic versions of it i've read back in black i read when he rebonded with it i read when he re-rebonded with it i read when mary jane bonded with it i read you know like so that's that's a me that's one I'm, I, again i trust insomniac but i'm curious if if they found a creative way to do it i think so because the first game they found a very creative way to deal with mary jane and deal with aunt may and i'll keep it vague for people who haven't played it yet, but they brought their own spin to it. So I trust them, but that was a thought. My second thought is I am super curious about the character switching only because, and they did it in Ratchet and Clank, so it's possible, but I wonder in Ratchet and Clank, both characters felt very similar. And I wonder if that will be the case here too, or how they balance Miles feeling cool and unique and having his own skill tree that you're building up because of his powers of electricity and invisibility. And then Peter's powers because, you know, of the symbiote on him and how he controls that and how they manage those expectations of switching and making each character feel cool and unique and not making the other one feel like you're starting over again. I'm super curious Mm -hmm. how they balance that and make them feel unique. And then the third one I probably wouldn't have thought of Jeff, but for we did our um, Jedi Star Wars Jedi Survivor spoiler chat that patrons can find now over at DLC uh, patreon.com slash DLC pod. Awesome. Like hour long conversation we did totally deep diving into Jedi Survivor. And one of the things that you talked about on that episode a lot, Jeff, was how good the traversal felt because it wasn't a QTE in strict sense of, of the word. And this Doc Connors lizard sequence felt QTE QTE. Well, the last two games had a lot of them as well. Those those uh, right. QTEs. So I, yeah. I wonder if that will feel as satisfying coming back from these really fun um gameplay traversal moments in Jedi Survivor. Mm, interesting. Yeah. I mean, lots of open questions. Uh it sounds like they're on track to get this game to us this year. Um, you know, I feel like this was a confident showing that said, Hey, you know, this game's still coming in 2023 and, uh, yeah. And, and it looked beautiful, you know, certainly it looks like it's showing off PS five stuff. Um, but those are great questions, Christian, great questions. Um, lots more to dig into 
with the Sony showcase. I want to say press conference. It's not a press conference anymore. It's a showcase. Uh, lots more to dig into, but we do need to thank our sponsor, which is a new sponsor. Uh, Athletic Greens. You heard me at the beginning of the show say that I am uh, going to be running way too soon in August, uh, quite a long way. And I have not been running that much, but now I'm training. I'm in training and I have started taking AG1 by Athletic Greens uh, literally every day. Uh, And I'm doing it before my runs to have more energy, 75 vitamins, minerals, and whole food sourced ingredients of the highest quality in every single scoop. And I have gotten really uh, into gut health personally. My wife has a lot of, uh, a lot of gut health issues. And so we've been very keen on improving our gut health. And that's one of the cool things about AG1 is that it's not simply about, you know, better energy or just getting my vitamin intake It is also uh, to improve my gut health, to feel better. And I've already noticed that uh, when I go on my runs, I feel like I'm doing something good for my body. Before, I know, Christian, you have have also been taking AG1 uh, this last week. Uh, How are you liking it? Yeah, what I've said this before, I think it probably has a parting gift or about how I exercise. Like I'm a big fan of ritual or Mm -hmm. having something become a habit. And yeah. I think for me, what's really worked with AG1 and how it's fit into my lifestyle is how simple it is and how easy it is. It, it's a scoop every morning, done. Like it has become a routine, which is really important for me to stick with something. So I'm excited that there's a way for me to have a nutritional drink that I can do easily and do it every day and stick with it and then not lapse four weeks later and go, oh, that's why I feel bad now. (laughs) Yeah. And it's a a subscription that is delivered every month. So it's easier to make it into a daily habit and not lapse, not forget. I'm like, oh, oh, I didn't get to the grocery store and get my new. It's right there ready for you. And they have these, these single serving travel packs. So you never miss a day. It's easy to just pop it in. You just mix the powder into uh, cold water and drink it first thing in the morning. That's it. It's all you have to do. It's really that simple. So if you are looking for an easier way to take supplements, Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Go to athleticgreens.com slash DLC. That's athleticgreens.com slash DLC. Check it out. All right. Let's talk uh, a little bit about uh, other stuff that jumped out to us. Obviously, Spider-Man 2 was the big ending game and, uh, you know, a a big part of what people came away from the conference from. But there's a lot of other stuff. And, Tom, I'm curious for you, what are are your what is your maybe your biggest takeaway other than Spider-Man 2? Uh, I have a really (laughs) hipster one, maybe. No, I love it. Please. They announced Talos Principle 2 and I freaked out. (laughs) <laughs> I, I I love Talos Principle. I love first person puzzle games like that. And so when Talos Principle Two got announced, I that was one where I was like out of nowhere, and they showed like the robot at the very beginning of the trailer, and I was like, "That's Talos Principle!" Like lost it. Like I, so that was that was really really exciting for me. Um, Coming this year, I I yeah. also went back to Steam and was like, "Am I going to replay Talos Principle?" And then I realized. <laughs> 
I did not play it in VR and they released it mm. in VR and I, I did not play it in VR. I think I only played it uh, in flat pancake mode. So maybe I'll go back and play the first Talos principle in VR. Uh, but Hey, Sony, how about the first Talos principle on PlayStation VR two, please? I would like that. Anyway, <laughs> I also got excited about Talos principle two. They didn't really show anything, but the sort of imagery that they were showing was uh, got me excited as well. Yeah, all my all my friends were freaking out over like Final Fantasy and Dragon's Dogma and Metal Gear and Spider Man, and I was like, "But did you see the puzzle game? They had the puzzle game." <laughs> I'm right there with you. I'm right there, and it's coming this year, 2023. They said yeah. we didn't get yeah. a date, but this year. Um, how about how about another one that you were uh, were excited about? Uh, I'm definitely excited for Alan Wake Two. I, I mean, that one. I, I really like Alan Wake. I haven't beaten that game. I really need to go back and finish it. But what I played, I was a really big fan of, and I was a huge fan of Control. Um, and yeah. so everything they've shown of Alan Wake 2 is the exact right kind of weird that I want from that game and that studio. So I'm, I'm, you know, we I think mostly got cinematic out of that one too, right? But they they set the stage really nicely for it. So that one was another big standout to me. And obviously, like, I did like seeing... The I, I've not been I'm a Final Fantasy fan, but I haven't been like jumping over the moon waiting for Final Fantasy 16. And I think this trailer that they showed did do a really good job of hyping me up for that a little bit more and getting me more ready to play it, I think. Yeah, I mean, I think yeah, a lot of soon the, also. Like, yeah, so soon. very soon. Yeah, I think <laughs> like a lot a month, of the, the hands on from Final Fantasy 16 is what I've been most excited. People are coming away from it going, it really is good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that that trailer was like. Do you like Epic? You don't know Epic. <laughs> Literally everything is even, every shot bigger than the last. Uh, that was cool. Um, Christian, I know that you love Control. Uh, Alan Wake 2, for me, I, I, I loved the first Alan Wake. Um, I, I think we reviewed it back in the day. Um, I gotta say, I felt like this, trailer was a little more horror-y than I was hoping for. I was hoping they maybe mm. might make it a little less horror-y and more adventure-y, more mystery thriller than full-on horror game. And it feels like at least the, the vibe I got from the trailer was that it was, it's, this is going to be a real horror-y horror game. It does look, it did look spooky. Um, my kids might say I like control too much and I should like giving them freedom more, mm. but- <laughs> but they don't know oh, anything. I control their lives. That's a different type of control. Go back into your cell. Um, <laughs> I am I am fascinated very much by Alan Wake 2. I am a big Remedy fan. I loved Control, Alan Wake 1, and um, I loved the Alan Wake DLC for Control as well. And I love this, I mean, it's over said now almost as much as Metaverse, but like this Remedy-verse that they mm. are creating or have created with... Uh, links from control back to Alan Wake and things that they've set up forever ago. It seems like that were paid off in control. And when they did the re-release of Alan Wake one, like the remaster, there were all these um, postcards kind of alongside the, the map or the poster. And a lot of that stuff looks like it's being paid off in Alan Wake two. And at the time it was just kind of, it felt like um, this is art that exists in that world world perhaps and it's like oh no this is that and this is that like there's already you know the uh, the red string people connecting the dots of who this character is and what this might mean and what this mean and how it connects and i think that maybe has me the most excited for not necessarily alan wake 2 but the next installment of this 
universe they've been building for over a decade now. And it really seems like they keep paying off cool things story-wise and then also exploring cool mechanics. Like I loved the flashlight gun mechanic of Alan Wake 1. I thought that was really cool and innovative at the time. Quantum Break had its issues for sure as as a game. And I think part of that was when it came out and what Microsoft was looking for in terms of building out their TV studio at the time. But I love that time bubble and some of the mechanics that that brought with it into the game and control. I thought was just a joy top to bottom to, to play and experience. So I have faith that Alan Wake two will also do something new and interesting and graphically from what they showed, assuming it is kind of how it will look when you're actually playing it. I thought it looked fantastic. Yeah. Um, So I'm excited to see them push next gen hardware because control while beautiful and it certainly melted xbox ones and ps4s (laughs) at the time but was built for those old consoles so i'm curious to see what they can do now with hardware speaking of their uh their universe did you see the the people i don't want to say speculating but hoping that max Payne is tied into it too (laughs) because uh sam lake who's the creative director is a face of like a cop or something in the trailer that they showed. And he's also the face of Max Payne. So people yeah. are like, Oh, maybe that's actually going to be but like Max Payne is like owned by rockstar now or something. Like it would be like a licensing nightmare to probably make that happen. I feel like I could be completely misremembering this, but I feel like there were ties in the first Alan Wake to Max Payne, but I could be completely making that up. Maybe I, it, That would be a wonderful, I, but like, I, I think like to throw us through if they get Max Payne. In well, this well Remedy's sworn re- that you I like just, saw a TV and Max Payne was on the TV in the mm, Alan Wake world or something like that. I, I, I just that Googled it to confirm because the Sony showcases pushed a lot of information out, but they have remedy is remaking Max Payne one and two. So if there oh. ever was a time there you for go. That, yeah. and like remedy is the, is the King, the queen, uh the the prince the princess all of the above they are the royalty of the easter egg i feel like so if there ever was a world where and and sam too i think is such a creative creator and writer if there ever was a way for them to work him in and even as just like a wink and a nod right i would not put it past them to do it like that cop will fall in slow motion or something you know to make it look like (laughs) a bullet die yeah Um, i'm stoked though as far as games for me to, to pluck out, uh, I'll oh, pluck out well one. Mm-hmm. See what I did? I'll pluck mm-hmm. out one. I know that we already knew about this one, but uh, the Plucky Squire. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. I cannot wait for this game. Uh, also coming this year, we didn't get a date, but that, you know, it's a 2D side-scrolling kind of retro throwback to the games I grew up playing inside a storybook. Uh, and then there's a moment where the little main character, the Plucky Squire himself, pops off the edge of the storybook and into the 3D world, the table upon which the, the storybook is sitting, the desk, the, the bookshelves uh, around which the, the storybook is, is living. And you're in that 3D world. And then it, influencing the 2D world from the 3D world, there's a, a, a shot of like stairs that are 3D and the, the 2D plucky squire on them. I just, it looks like it has so many lovely imaginative ideas um i am just so excited to play the plucky squire so yeah yeah that's one that i xbox wanted me to let you know that it's coming to xbox coming to xbox i'd say that after uh, alan wake 2 it's contractual they have to (laughs) uh and and again this is not a new reveal we knew this game was coming i just uh i'm just delighted by it i just think it's going to be catnip for me 
Um, I'll, I'll pull out another one that I didn't know about that I think looks really good. I don't think we knew about. You guys can correct me if we did. Um, the uh, the Towers of Agasba, or mm. however you pr- pronounce that, which looks like uh, almost a mix between Zelda and Horizon Zero Dawn. Uh, you know, you've got your your little adventuring character with a, a glider, which, you know, gliders, gotta, everybody's got to have a glider now. Um, but also there's like some city building or, or re, you, basically you're, you're taking this kind of uh, this desolate world and bringing all the vegetation and, and life back to it. Uh, and it looks like there's bow and arrow fighting and, and riding on mounts. And it looked like this amazing, lush, alien looking world. Uh, and I am into it. Um, it gave me serious Horizon Zero Dawn vibes, even though it didn't yeah, have a lot, that sort a lot of techie. Giant monster climbing in that trailer that they yeah. showed was cool. Yeah. So, Game Rant had an article up that said it puts pressure on the Avatar game, was kind of like their takeaway oh, of like, yeah. someone else is playing in this space now. You don't get to just tread yeah. on like cool locale and environment, uh, you know, winning that game over. Yeah. I think that it'll be interesting to see how far along it is. Uh, I don't even want to say when it's supposed to come out, when it comes out. <laughs> 2024, they said. Um, yeah. So we don't know, you know, that's that's a ways away, but um, it's not yeah. this year, but it certainly looked, I mean, I like that we saw gameplay, you know? Yeah. They, they're showing off the in-game stuff, which I thought was really cool. And, you know, I, I will say, I was, I was saying that the AAAs were holding stuff back earlier, but looking down this list, I feel like I didn't give you enough credit because you're right that, like, Immortals of Avium had a gameplay demo. Phantom Blade Zero came out of nowhere and had a really cool gameplay demo. Final Fantasy was showing off gameplay. You're definitely right that there was there was a solid amount. Dragon's Dogma, I think, showed off some too, right? Like, yeah, I think there was just a, a big chunk early on too of all like gameplay, 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 yeah. gameplay. Uh, what did you think? What did you think of Phantom Blade Zero? I mean, I didn't even know. Is that a? I didn't even know about Phantom Blade before zero <laughs> it hasn't happened yet yeah Pantoblade negative one <laughs> this one this one was kind of the surprise of the show i think in a big way where it it's not a really well-known developer i don't think and it's not uh, it's a new ip and it looked beautiful and they were really confident with what they were showing right they yeah. were showing a lot of that game mm-hmm. um so it it i think is I don't know, like, it's hard to tell that early on with something so new and a developer you don't know and all that stuff if, if something's actually going to deliver. But what they showed was really put it on a lot of people's radars in a way that I don't think I was expecting to have some random, like, some new game just come out of nowhere like that and stand alongside the conversation along with Metal Gear and Final Fantasy and that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, it certainly did seem very confident. Um, not my type of game particularly, Christian, but uh, were you excited about that one? I put on my wait and see hat, if that makes sense. I think for many mm. of the reasons that that Tom already said, and uh, it, yeah, it's a wait and see. It's like, ooh, what a cool reveal! Because I agree, we hadn't heard, and like, it's a heck of a splash. And now it's uh, let's see what happens in the months to come and years to come. Because the other thing from this, while I said at the beginning, like, to stuff feels far off, we are still knee neck not even knee deep neck deep in too many games and so (laughs) for sure i mean uh, yeah i mean we we uh we we've got huge games coming up and a lot of the a number of the games are like hey not just this year but like in the next couple of months uh tommy just brought up immortals of avium which is july 20th that's very soon street Um, fighter 
Street Fighter was in there, yeah. Final Fantasy 16. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah. Like, well, Immortals um, of Avion. Diablo comes out in like a week. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's crazy. Uh, but luckily, Summer there aren't lull. any Summer multi-hundred-hour <laughs> games being you know, out right now that everybody's playing. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, uh, I want to talk about Immortals of Avion for a second because... I like that they showed a lot of gameplay. I think the design of that game looks so cool. The way everything is built around this sort of this magic hand. And it looked like there was a way to show you how much ammo was in, in this cool, like circle that appeared around the hand. Totally sick. I thought it, it, it looks to me like a game that's going to be way more fun than I think it will be. If that makes sense. Like it, it feels mm. to me like a game where I'm like first person, magic-y, shooter-y kind of thing. I don't know how much, but I feel like once I play it, it I bet I'll have a blast with it. That's my take on the yeah, trailers. Like, I'm, it's not a trailer that wowed me in, in a certain sense. I'm like, ah, but, but also I watched it and I was like, I bet that game's fun. It looks fun. All I kept thinking was, I wish, I still wish it was third person. Like, yeah. they, it's like mm. when they first revealed it with like the cinematic, I was like, ooh, 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 ooh. And then it zoomed in and I was like, ooh. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah. I, I don't like it. Maybe it's a Redfall, like that. The bite me once, shame on me. Uh, it looked like a lot of the combat was the protagonist running backwards, which I don't think is the most fun. Com- I need something. I need an evade or a jump, like in Destiny, or something else to be happening. Um, and I, I'm not sure if I'm going to love the protagonist. I, I think if this, it looks like a game. That would have been huge in 2015, if that makes sense. And I hope yeah. I'm wrong, but those were kind of the vibes I was getting of like, <laughs> outsider, I've never been here before. What powers? <laughs> Nailed it. And yeah. I don't know if I need that. Hopefully right it's it, the character's cufflinks will talk to him and have a personality because that's <laughs> it did it did ring of Forspoken, didn't it? A yeah. little bit. Well, Forspoken, there was like another game that did that right at the same time. What was it? Oh, there's another game where your cufflinks talk to you. What was it? I don't know. Yeah. I can't remember. Uh, yeah, Immortals Vivium, again, we don't know without playing it. I, I don't want to be overly dismissive of it, but the energy I got from it was like a new console launch title that, you know, like <laughs> one of those games that's like totally serviceable and fun and then like nobody's really talking about three years after the console comes out. Mm. And like that is, I, I fully admit, that is like probably unfair and dismissive of me it is just sort of like the vibe i got watching it yeah and it could be much better than that it could be worse than that we don't know yet but that was it and i agree with you jeff like the magic the the idea of this sort of like magic gauntlet gun was really like the visuals were really cool right so i I don't think i'm not totally discounting it or anything it feels to me like almost like i i totally get what you're saying about that <laughs> launch title vibe. It's like perfect dark, you know? Yeah. Um, but, but it also kind of gave me a, a, like a tiny Tina's Wonderlands thing where I was sure. like, as every time I saw tiny Tina's Wonderland, I was like, yeah, okay. I get, I, I, I get it. But then when I played it, I was like, this is really fun. You know, this is genuinely fun. Yeah. So I'm, hope, I'm hoping fun. I have that response to it. Um, Jeff, I want to crawl out of the haystack and ask you about AC Mirage, which seemed oh, to me. I was me... just about to transition to that. Go ahead. Yeah. It seemed to me to be like, hey, remember AC2 and how much you loved it. We're doing that, but bigger, but yeah. not as big as Odyssey. But you are, you know, origins and Odyssey till you die, uh, ride or die kind of guy. And I'm curious if Mirage excited you or if you kind of went like, oh, not not for me. It's that second one that you said. <laughs> <laughs> I felt like, oh, 
the pendulum swung back away from when I liked the Assassin's Creed franchise uh, because I, you know, I wasn't a huge fan of Assassin's Creed and Assassin's Creed 2 and all of the ones before uh, <laughs> uh, Origins, basically. Uh, and then when it was like, oh, no, we're a role-playing game and Origins and Odyssey, especially Odyssey, Odyssey is among my favorite games of all time. Like, it's in, the, in that pantheon for me. Uh, but Origins, Odyssey, and um, the one after Odyssey... Um, Valhalla? Valhalla, yeah. I think those are... I want them to be making Assassin's Creed games like that. That's, that's what I've enjoyed. And it really does feel like they're like, nope, we're back to um, being an assa- assassin-y assassin. Um, I, I'm very curious what you thought of it, Tom, because for the really the first time we're seeing this huge next step for mainline Assassin's Creed, it didn't feel like it was... It made as big a splash as one might expect it to or hope no, it would. Because he landed in hay. No, no splashing. No splashing. No splashing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be very real here. I did not, I guess I missed the announcement or forgot about the announcement that AC Mirage was like going to be the next Assassin's Creed game with the name or whatever. So when they were showing this, I was like, oh, are they remaking one? Yeah. Like I literally it like thought that. it was a remake yeah. for yeah. the first half of that segment. But he had a um, beard, see, and that's different. <laughs> and, and that's not that's not a bad thing necessarily. That if it was that, or if it looked similar to that, because I think you're totally right. What you're saying is, I think they're intentionally using this setting to say we're going back to roots, our roots in in a certain way, at least. Yeah. Um, I think that the older assassin i'm the flip of you in that i think the older assassins i really like the more rpg era of assassin's creed but i think the stealthier assassin era of assassin's creed was more my cup of tea um so i'm interested by this and i yeah. think that the setting is really good and i think it's cool like part of me is happy that the assassin's creed jo- series wasn't didn't go okay how can we go to a different locale every game forever i think <laughs> it's neat that they're revisiting something yeah and maybe going you know it's been so long since they were in that that area so i'm i'm optimistic i think that it looks cool but also it's so hard <laughs> this is also mean it's very hard for me to get excited before release about an assassin's creed game anymore i i just i need to see what it's like i need to play it hands on or i need to read reviews before i I can because they just make so many of them. That, well, yes, that it's yeah. it's hard for me to to drum up the hype for the next one until I know what it's actually going to be. If that makes well, sense. Well, this was supposed to be the one where they took a big break, you know, and it was going to come right. back with a. But the other thing we know from that Assassin's Creed focused event that happened at the end of last year, I think, um, is that you know they're branching off the franchise and uh, and they're they're doing that crazy vampire one and they, there's like three or four of them they they announced at that event and so maybe there still is maybe it's not a pendulum anymore maybe it's just branching pathways and we've right. got you know the sort of old school revitalization of the old school version of uh, of Assassin's Creed and and the more RPG one will be a different branch of that tree um, at least that's my hope. Because yeah, and and that that wouldn't be a bad way to go because like we've seen this a couple times actually in recent years of sort of a series reinventing itself in a way that is maybe not like I in a way that I don't blame diehard fans of the original for maybe disliking. Yeah, like uh, Yakuza, right? Yakuza became a turn based RPG, and they're still doing the action stuff with the Judgment series, and that's kind of how that game branched. Or Zelda, even where I 
Zelda Tears of the Kingdom Breath of the Wild, I think are phenomenal games, but like, I also don't blame old school Zelda fans for wanting something like missing something a little bit more traditional. Right. Yeah. And so if, if they can do what you said, we're branching off the Assassin's Creed into more open world RPGs and then more a little bit focused on stealth. I think that would be a, a cool way to handle it. I agree. I'm, I'm hoping that's what it is. We don't really have any indication of that specifically, but I, everything I saw in that Mirage trailer did not feel particularly interesting to me. And it bummed me so, out. So that means it is going back to the old style. Yeah. I mean, I just felt like, oh, there's really nothing in there that got, that felt new or fresh or interesting. I mean, I guess sure. being on a pole and jumping off a pole uh, was new, but I don't know. I don't know. I, that I that might be another example of them holding stuff to their chest as well. Totally. Yeah. I don't think they'll do this because that seemed, it didn't seem like the type of reveal to do that. But Mirage is an interesting heck. Interesting as heck name for an Assassin's Creed Oh, you're Creed saying game. of, of ah. you know, faking you and out? I, don't, or, I mean, they, they kind of moved away from that in the bigger um, RPG versions of the game and what was happening in the real world, and it didn't become as big of a hook. And I wonder if they're going to play back into that, or it's not fake you out, but maybe it's like that's the jump between things. I don't know, because like that mm. thread of the Assassin's Creed is one that's kind of been lost. and And I think for a franchise that, debuted with such a spoilery moment a a moment that could be spoiled in such a narrative way that mirage is an interesting title and i have no other information other than that i think that's really interesting yeah i like that that's a cool thing to pull out yeah that would be cool if that pays off in that way um so that's you know the og jade raymond game right uh and you brought up jade raymond christian i'm curious what you guys thought of the new jade raymond game or at least jade raven studio haven uh showed fair games i guess fair game with a dollar sign at the end it's yeah it's like tie dollar sign you have to say the dollar it's fair game dollar sign you have to say (laughs) hashtag dollar sign (laughs) (laughs) uh what do we think i mean we didn't see any gameplay on this one this is kind of a slick uh looks like you know teams grappling hooks run doing stuff heists i guess kind of payday vibes right maybe Along those lines, not to be too derivative with it, but I mean, I like games like that. The sort of co-op go in, do a thing with a team like, a, uh, oh God, what's the name of it? The dwarf mining game that I'm totally branding. Oh like, uh, yeah. I played a ton of it as well. Um, <laughs> I've played so much of that game and I'm playing yeah, it on the name right now. Me too. Um, Deep Rock Galactic. That's yes, what it is. Thank you. Yeah. Deep Rock Galactic or uh, uh, Payday 2, you know, those are, those are fun games. And so I'm always into the idea of, a studio taking another shot at something like that. If that's where this is going, I don't like, we don't even know that necessarily. Yeah. Uh, the aesthetic was cool. And that's kind of all we have to go on right now. Or all, it's all I have to go on, I guess. Yeah. Uh, I'm interested I'm to see more. What was that? I think it was Sega. Cause there was that, it's like, you're on the mall in the future and you're doing the same mm-hmm. thing. Right. Yeah. Was, it's, it's it like felt the like a, there's been a number of those. Like and, we're all uh, heisting a thing. Yeah, yeah, and, and I think part of that I tried to Google like new Sega gas. Ga- I can't find it. Um, <laughs> I apologize, dear listeners, for not having it top of top of mind right now. I, I think it feels between fair fair game dollar sign and also marathon what it looks to be, and some of these other games. It, it I do feel like we're in that everybody needs an MMORPG moment. And everybody needs a battle royale moment, but it's kind of moved to this new thing. And I think a big part of it does come back to uh, 
the grandpa game in this genre, Grand Theft Auto, and what Grand Theft Auto Online continues to be. I mean, mm, Grand Theft Auto, yeah. I know MPDs are different now than they used to be in terms of relevancy, but not even looking at MPDs, just looking at units sold every quarter. Take-Two also put out financials recently, and Grand Theft Auto Five is still outselling almost every other game quarter to quarter. And I think a big part of that are these heists in this online mode where you can come in and, and you know, be uh, a, a troublemaker, so to speak, and, and have fun with your friends, but also create your own fun. And I think where these games will live or die is how much content the studio is able to support it with and then how much fun the community is able to have by itself. And I think getting both of those right is very difficult. And I think that's mm. a big part of why Breath of the Wild was successful and now Tears of the Kingdom, a different style of game, but is the how much fun the game gives you and how much fun the players are able to find outside <laughs> of, of what you've been given. And um, I'm, I'm really curious. I'm really curious if, if Sony will give these games the financial backing and time needed to become hits because grand theft auto online uh launched broken and people were like well they're going to cancel this it's just what a waste and it found its place and became huge yeah. Fortnite, everybody knows the Fortnite story um and i'm super curious if, the, if this game can pull it off because it does seem like everybody's rushing to pull off this pvpvpve forever game pp yeah if you're the vp of pvp then you're going to be a PVE in your EVs. <laughs> EV, I, don't uh, I don't know where that was going. A um, couple of other things I want to bring up with you guys because we can't not talk about them. Um, Metal Gear Solid uh, camping? I guess it's campgrounds. That's the symbol for campgrounds. Did you say Christian Christian was right? Did you just say Spice oh, did you predict I, that? I don't maybe even remember. I, did. I don't remember your predictions. Uh, Metal Gear Solid, it's a... It's not a triangle. I mean, it is a triangle, but it's not. A, it's isosceles. Metal Gear Solid isosceles. I don't know. Um, Delta it's an airline. It's a Delta. It's an as, as as somebody who has to think about as SEO for their job, I I am furious with this title. <laughs> I love it. Uh, yeah. What? How do you? What's the keyboard shortcut for the Delta key, Tom? <laughs> Uh, it's it's so silly. They they tweeted out too, right? That like they named it Delta because it's Delta like change, like from changes of how it's evolved from the new old version to the new. And it's yeah. like, yeah, okay, but you could have written Delta, like please. <laughs> that would have been fine. I mean, are we excited? We named it Delta because we needed to change the name enough so that we could no longer call it a uh, Kojima production because <laughs> yeah. oh god, how are we going to remake this game, which is arguably kojima's signature game right without usually, the person's signature on it i usually take metal gear solid southwest personally but uh <laughs> <laughs> um are we excited are we excited about metal gear solid delta i mean we don't really know how remade it is like we just got a cg yeah. trailer that was you know there he is what do it's, you think it's so it's so hard to be excited about, right? <laughs> like I yeah. want to be well excited said. about it, but exactly <laughs> what Christian was saying is like, it, are they going to, you know, Kojima is so much a part of those games and especially that one. Are they going to just change it 
and are they going to change it in ways that feel disingenuous to the original's intent or whatever? We just don't know. It's so I'm I'm excited for it in theory, but I I just don't know what they're going to I don't know how it's going to look. I don't know what they're going to do about it. I don't know if Kojima is going to start a boycott campaign a month out for you know like we just yeah. don't know how that's going to go. And so it's so it's like I'm really I'm I'm very cautiously want to be excited about it. <laughs> yeah. I'm, it's I'm, also a game. Oh, sorry, Jeff. Go ahead. No, go ahead, please. It's a game that uh, on a timeline is arguably first. Mm. But man, there's a rich history that goes into what that game is because it's a, I won't spoil it. It backs up a lot of things that you've already experienced by filling like backfilling in things. Mm. Yeah. And I'm super curious how that plays out without that stuff. Because again, like we mentioned for um, you know, some of these other remakes, people that are playing them now weren't alive when they came out. So it's not a remake for them. It is the experience and how much are they expected to know about snake, big boss, every, everything that goes into what I think that game really delivered on. I think it's story. I mean, the mechanics were phenomenal, but I think the, the pieces it filled in, in terms of the metal gear solid story were really interesting for the world it created. And I, I really wonder how it stands alone. I don't know. Remains to be seen. Uh, and <laughs> it's not happening anytime soon. So, uh, you know, it's like, Hey, we're working on it. We're working on it. It is. Um, I'll say this real quick. It is encouraging that Konami has not forgotten that Metal Gear exists. <laughs> that is a takeaway that I think is at least nice. <laughs> Especially after it. their first one without Kojima, which I wanted to forget existed when they did that. <laughs> um, we also had uh, a little block of PSVR 2 stuff, which, you know, I was very excited to see. Love that Beat Saber is out now. Christian, I know you've been playing Beat Saber on PSVR 2 thumbs up i mean yeah we can skip vr talk and i will say i've only played the og quest version of beat saber mm. oh my god i don't want to overstate it it's am i buying it again am i buying it again it's the same game but the updated uh, you have you have a piece you have a better headset but going from og quest to psvr mm. 2 with the oled mm. It's incredible. I mean, it is a literal night and day difference in terms of fidelity and how it looks um, on screen. Amazing. I'm buying it again. Uh, and also Queen Pack. sounds That's pretty cool. Um, they showed uh, uh, Sierra Squad, Synapse, which is a game I think will be really cool. I'm really genuinely excited about Synapse. Uh, and Arizona Sunshine 2 was the big announcement. Uh, Arizona Sunshine, very, very solid uh you know, sort of early VR hit. And uh, I'm excited for Arizona Sunshine 2, although they didn't show any gameplay, just sort of target video of what it would be like. Uh, I'm sure that game will be a lot of fun when it lands on PSVR 2. My biggest bummer about the VR section is that all the games are basically, hey, we get, you put a gun in your hand now, um, which is cool in VR. Don't get me wrong. I, I you know, I love uh, Half-Life Alex and a lot of uh, shooty, shooty VR games. But I think that's just a small fraction of what makes VR amazing. And it bummed me out that there was no Astro Boy. There was, you know, when you have games like Moss and Moss 2 being the top selling or among the top selling PSVR 2 games, it shows that these type of experiences, they don't have to just be first person shooters in VR. Like that's not but how the only thing that, that makes Ari, VR cool. 
How good did that, did that RE4 stuff look, though, Jeff? <laughs> just putting a gun in my hand. How good did that look, though? I mean, it looked really good, that but I'm, not, I'm good. too scaredy pants to play that, Christian. Oh, RE4, RE4 is the one you can play, because it's not scaredy pants. RE4, you're uh, countering yeah. with the knife. It looks so stupid. I loved it. It looks yeah. so good in VR. You're right. I left that out of the PSVR 2 block, which is a big part of PS, uh, RE Remake VR 2. Uh, so which, good. You know, we already had... But, Old Meta is over there going like, wait a minute, how much did we pay for Resident Evil 4 on the on, on Quest? And now you guys remade yeah. it pretty on PSVR 2? What? Looks real good. Anyway. Uh, okay, just wrapping this up, uh, a couple of other things. I thought uh, there were a lot of really cool vibe games. I thought that, like I said at the top, that Concord. I don't know what Concord. I come from the Bay Area, so I say Concord because that's the name of the city in the Bay Area. I'm sure it's Concord. Uh, more no, like it's Los plane. Angeles. California pronounces all of the words right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, I don't know what that game is going to be, but I love the vibe of it. it that and Marathon mm-hmm. both. I think Marathon's trailer, while revealing nothing, almost nothing about the game, is one of the coolest vibe trailers I've seen in a long time. I just thought yeah, like that like retro synth new wave kind of feeling to it. That and Conquer both had that killer. Um I'm excited to see more about what Marathon is going to consist of. Uh, and that other, that uh, another one that was like a vibey kind of cool look to it was that um, uh, Ultros, you know, mm, which yeah, is like the little platformer. Weird look to it. Really interesting art direction. Yeah, it's kind of like, it almost looked like a Hollow Knight on drugs is like the, <laughs> it was like <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> super vibrant side scroller. Yes. Uh, and uh, Dragon's Dogma 2 got a lot of people excited. Uh, Tom, are you among the people that are have been clamoring for a Dragon Do- Dragon's Dogma 2? I am not. I did not play Dragon's Dogma. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair but enough. I, 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 I'm rooting those people on for sure. Yeah. Uh, Christian, are you excited about that one? Nope. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> uh, I enjoy Dragon's Dogma. I'm not one of those people who are like, it's the most underrated game of all time. I, I played through it. I enjoyed it. Um, I think 2 should be fun. Uh, interesting that we're getting a uh, Splatoon-like. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that That's a thing I didn't know was going to happen, was the Splatoon was going to have its own subgenre. Uh, now it's foam and not paint, but it very, very much feels like a Splatoon-like. Um, <laughs> that game looks goofy fun. And uh, uh, maybe we um, we end with uh, hardware because there's this Project Q that is going to be a sort of a streaming uh, dedicated handheld, uh, which very odd. Well, <laughs> you referenced wait, it. Go ahead. Not not streaming as in like GeForce Now, right. not cloud streaming. Right. You need to have a game downloaded on your PlayStation 5. Yeah. Streaming. <laughs> Sounds like sense. you're disappointed about that. It's. I think it's called Project Q for me because it's Project Questions at this time. <laughs> um, and, and Tom, I'm curious your take. But to, for me, and I said this about the, um, uh, not the Razer, maybe it was the Razer one. But someone else released like a, a streaming device and it seemed cool, but it's like, what is it that my iPad and controller can't do or my phone and mm. um backbone controller can't do like i can already play playstation games via remote play with what this seems to be doing so i'm curious if this has like a better connection somehow or 
is more reliable, but I, I don't quite know who this is for other than the, the, I guess the secret sauce they've said is that the dual sense, it has all of the features of the dual sense. But when I'm playing remote play in bed with my backbone on my phone, I'm not going, yeah, I am playing in bed for 20 minutes before I go to bed. If only my dual sense worked like that didn't feel missing to me. So I don't know what else this might solve. Yeah, I, I don't disagree, right? Like, I, I think that that is the question this still needs to answer is, you know, beyond being a more sort of like accurate dual sense experience and probably a better quality screen than most phone screens or at least larger. Like, how is this sort of like, what problem is this solving that the backbone does not already is a really, really fair question. Um, that being said, and, and there's also people who I know are like, well, if it can't, like, if I have to stream it, then why, like, I can't take it outside. I can't play it on the bus. Then like, what's the point? But like, I know my wife, like, will sit on the couch playing Switch in front of our TV, right? You know, or sit like Steam Deck next to a computer because she likes playing relaxed like that rather than, you know, sitting up looking at a TV screen or whatever. And so I think that there is definitely an appeal to some people of just like, I don't have to deal with a backbone. I can just buy this thing in my PlayStation, just play, I can just do it. Right. Mm-hmm. I think that is in like a not insignificant cell. It is just like, it, it's not the most sort of, it's not filling a, a what, like very needed hole or whatever, right. you know? And, yeah. and we'll have to see. I also think it's very funny that this PlayStation showcase had uh, showcase had both a, Switch-like device and a Splatoon-like game. I think that is very, very funny. Indeed, yeah. I guess it really is uh, the device for the people that you know play their Switch in hand, you know, in their hands, sitting next to the TV that yeah. they could just plop it in. You know, it's it, it, which is which is totally fair. You play, yeah. play your games however you want to play your games, sure, right? Yeah. And, and it's it, yeah. I, I think I think we won't know why this exists until we see price really more than yes. anything else. Yeah. Well, if it's, if it's, if it's doesn't have any brains of its own, if it's literally just taking streams, maybe they'll get it down to a pretty inexpensive price. I mean, yeah. that's the hope, right? It, like if this thing is like more than $200, I'm, I don't understand why it exists at all. Right. But 100% if it's, agree. Yeah. If it's less than that and significantly less than that, then, you know, I can, I can understand it as just sort of an easy solution. Yeah. It feels like if they can get it out at like 99 bucks, it's like, yeah, no oh, that's cool. You know, that, yeah. that would sense be is like, 70. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> How much well, are uh, screens are cheap? They got, yeah, they got a cheap screen. They just slap it in the middle and they're fine. It's just, we, we get it. It's literally just glued between a controller. Yeah, like, I mean, controller the DualSense, the the DualSense Elite. I apologize, Sony, for not knowing the name of your pro controller. Is two hundred dollars? Yeah. It, it feels like this is not well. going to be. <laughs> I, I think one fifty to two hundred is probably yeah. where this will end up landing, and I say that completely speculatively, just yeah. kind of off of guessing and experience of these things. It was a the weird way to roll know. it out. It was just like, <laughs> oh, by the way, here's a th- another thing. We also yeah, have earbuds. Very casual. Yeah, <laughs> very strange. Um, so that basically wraps it up. I did. I did want to not miss uh, another game that uh, stuck out to me. Uh, and that is uh, Sword of the Sea. Oh, yeah. Giant Squid. Uh, I love their games. Uh, very funny to me, though, the makers of Journey, Pathless, and Abzu. And this game looks like a mashup of Journey, Pathless, and Abzu. I mean, it's literally like, you're in the sand. Remember Journey? 
you're moving super fast on this cool kinetic thing. Remember Pathless? And at the end, it's like, oh, and dolphins are going by. Remember Abzu? <laughs> just like we are mashing up our own games. But man, I'm going to be a sucker for this game because I liked all three yeah. of those games. I, I will play literally anything they make happily. And I, I don't need to know any. Just I'll just get it in my hand. I'll play it. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, 100 percent. All right. Uh, so there you go. Tons to get through. And we spent a lot of time on it, but I thought it was worthwhile. And, you know, maybe it's our only chance to play this. Rest in peace, E3. Rest in peace. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's get to the games that we have been playing because that's going to be a whole can in and of itself. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to go to the playlist. Tom, I have enjoyed very much all of your various content around Tears of the Kingdom. Uh, I love your little gameplay bits that you've been posting on Twitter and your review on IGN. Uh, I know that's been a big part of what you continue to play. How many hours in uh, on Tears of the Kingdom are you at this point? Uh, So I took a big break after the review. (laughs) Yeah. I did. uh, I played about 105 hours in 10 days for the review. Gee whiz. So, and that was, to be clear mostly my choice because i wanted to be playing the game because it was that much fun that was not like a mandate or anything right. uh it was and so after after the review i have taken a break i've probably only played maybe like 10 to 15 more hours in the two weeks since then right um and i've been playing i've been trying to play other things here and there i've been trying to go outside a little bit maybe um <laughs> Not that I did. Outside, you mean like you like above the cavern level and into? (laughs) What do you mean by outside exactly? So I'm I'm probably only around the one fifteen one twenty hour point at this point now, which is like starting to fall behind some people who have had it for two weeks, right? Ridiculous. Um, but yeah, I I've played a lot of that game. (laughs) And uh, you know, reading your review, you were very high on it. Um, yes. He talked a little bit about what makes this game special for you, and and you know, like deep 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 into it that many hours you know what what have you discovered about it i mean i i i keep saying this to people like friends of mine where i'm like if you had asked me before the game came out before i got to play it do you think tears of the kingdom is gonna be better than breath of the wild i would have been like ah maybe i don't know like that seems like a really high bar i don't know and then after i played it i was like oh yeah the answer to that question is just yes like it's not (laughs) it's not a like a question in my mind it's not like one of those things that i think people are going to be debating it just seems like yeah they just took one of the best games they've ever made and made a better version like made (laughs) something better than it in by almost every metric right like by almost everything you can measure that by they they have improved or and and the things that they didn't they didn't really make anything worse necessarily or not much right um it's it's just there's so much creativity and there's so much for you to do and there's so many different ways for you to do those things and none of it feels wrong and, and everything the way I, I do it which is just like a stick <laughs> like, oh let me see how let me see how someone else did this and it's like literally metal gear walking across I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> yeah. well that was the funny thing about doing this for review is i didn't get to see anybody else playing it for two weeks and i had these like cars that i had built that i thought were so clever and then like day one someone posted a mech and i was like oh, what the heck right what have i yeah. been doing yeah um yeah 100 how i feel 100 it, it, it's it's just 
it's incredible because I said all of those same things about Breath of the Wild and they did it even more, right? They they did all of those things even more in this game. And it feels like they just looked at how people were playing Breath of the Wild and said, all right, let's just let them do that even more, right? Let's just empower that. And so I just love the freedom of it. And then on top of that, you know, the bosses are better, not to get in any spoilers, but the story is better, right? There's there's just so much more to it that is it's kind of it's kind of incredible. It's it's almost unthinkable that they were able to do this at all. It is is really sort of unprecedented uh within the industry. And I, I feel mean, very hyperbolic saying all of that, but also I I feel very confident saying all of that, which is weird. No, I, I love I it. Was, and I, I'm you know, go ahead, Christian. What I was gonna say I was I forget how quickly after the game came out, Tom, that IGN updated like it's like it's like I think it was I I think it was you all. It was like the best Zelda games ever. Yeah, it was like Tears of the Kingdom came out and it was like one. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm so I was part of that that like decision right or like the the people you know that were discussing where where it should fall maybe. And I'm a really consult the sheriff. You know, (laughs) (laughs) I'm a big proponent of not kind of giving recency bias respect. You know, and saying. Mm -hmm we don't know exactly how we're going to feel about this in six months or whatever. And this game, I was just like, yeah, no, this is just, this is just <laughs> it. Just do it. <laughs> like it's fine. Yeah. I, yeah. you know, I don't want to get into this too much. I, I, I wish you saved I, this for an episode when we're running long, Jeff. So I know I'm not going to do it. Ahead. I'm not going to get in. I love the people love it. I want to love it. Like I said last week, no one is more disappointed than me. Like I, every mm. time I play it, it feels like I'm eating my vegetables. It it just mm. feels like I'm eating my, and I've tried to analyze what that feeling is. I think I just don't, there is some layer of it that is uh, not fun, uncomfortable for me in a, in a certain like very mm. basic way. Like, I mean, it sounds so dumb to even say, and we don't have to spend a lot of time on it, but just moving the camera feels not great to me like the whole hmm. world the whole thing feels sluggish and slow i don't like building things because i just don't like the fiddliest of it and how i'll you know put a thing on and it'll just kind of not get in the right spot exactly and it'll land weird and i feel like i'm fighting it and i don't know i it's immature and i just got to give it more time i got to really invest in it and i tried i like i literally bought a new oled switch i'm like if i spend money i'm gonna play this game and (laughs) but it feels like eating my vegetables and when we get to what i've been playing you'll see how i've been diverted into another path entirely but well so here's here's my real quick question for that did you like breath of the wild no okay okay so that's yeah and like to be clear not judging for any of that everyone can have their own tastes and all and that's that's the beauty of opinions, right? It's it's what I do professionally is opinion. Right. Um, but like, yeah, that that doesn't nece- it doesn't necessarily surprise me that if you didn't like Breath of the Wild, this didn't change your mind. You right. know what I mean? Yes. That's, no, I think that's, that's right. I think totally understandable in my eyes. Yeah, and I had that same experience with Elden Ring, where it's like I thought it was going to be the game that changed my mind about Souls likes. Right? I was mm. gonna like, I'm going to love Souls likes now. Yay! I'm going to jump in, and it didn't. I, you know, it was another one where I just like I felt like I was eating my vegetables. I felt like I'm supposed to like this. Everybody loves it. Everybody's so effusive about it. I want to be in that party. I want to be involved in that fun party. We're all celebrating these incredibly groundbreaking games, and I want to be in in doing that too. But you know, I just there's something about each of those that uh, has not clicked with me. And yeah, um, yeah, 
It is I, what it is. I wonder if there was like a ROM, you know, the equivalent of a ROM hack later that gave you. I thought you were going to say a rom com. <laughs> if a you rom-com, just like yeah. bumped heads with up, Zelda up and look, both looked at each other and were like, oh, I dropped my book. You <laughs> dropped your book too? Just up, a meet, up, a meet cute with Link. <laughs> it, that could do it. Um, if there was a ROM hack that could somehow give you just Tears of the Kingdom colon shrines only. Because as we talked <laughs> at the beginning of this, of like, Tao's Principle, oh, they're making a sequel. I love the puzzle game. So I was playing today. In full disclosure, last week I kept upping my hours. I am, per my Switch, however accurate that is, I, I'm like 27 hours in Tears of the Kingdom. Because PSVR 2 games, other games keep pulling me yeah. away, but I keep going back to it. I am still really loving it. And I was playing today, uh, earlier this afternoon before we recorded, and I went into a shrine and I was like, well, I'll just go ahead and knock it off now. And I'm trying to, you know, keep moving, find, follow my funds. Like, I'll do this. And I walked in and my youngest daughter was sitting next to me and I just went, oh, hell yeah. Because I <laughs> I saw the puzzle. Like I saw, I, I didn't have the solution for it, but I was like, oh, it was, I mean, like literally, you know, yeah. a react, like kid reacts to moment of just like, they're doing one of these. And it, I was right. It was euphoric. Like just that moment of like, it, it felt like portal, you know, it felt like this moment of, I know the solution. I don't know how I'm going to get to the solution, but what a fun, what a fun little puzzle box this is going to be. And it was just <laughs> such a treat. It was just such a treat. And then in that gameplay, I played for like two hours today. And then the other part of it, I'll be very vague for folks who are stumbling their way through it. Like I am, I just, I stumbled across what I would consider a mini boss that mm. you don't know is coming. That's not signposted in any real way. And I kept following this path to get to them to have this fight just because I like I kept pulling this rope, basically. Ah, oh, just a treat, man. And so I wonder if you could get just those puzzles without mm. the, you know, talk to this bird for a while. Talk to this signpost yeah. guy for eight it's hours. It's not even that. I don't know. <laughs> I, I got to put more time into it. And I just have been pulled away by the things which we'll get to. Um, but. Anyway, I respect the game and I love hearing people like you, Tom, talk about it that, you know, are just so enamored with it. I, I love hearing that because I want to feel that way. Um, anyway, what else have you been playing? What else is on your playlist? Uh, the thing that my wind down game after the review is Humanity, which I'm still playing and so good. really loving, really, really loving is sort of a um, esoteric lemmings, right? It's... <laughs> It's super cool. I, I liked Tetris Effect, but I also wasn't maybe emotionally touched by Tetris Effect in the way that some people were, where I know people have told me they were like weeping in their headset, where I was <laughs> like, this is still Tetris, right? Like I was, <laughs> it didn't hit me quite as hard, but even though right. I really, really liked it. Um, but this game is exactly up my alley in terms of the puzzle stuff and the weird sort of story around it that I, i'm really enjoying in the style i i love the minimalist sort of style to it it's it's very very satisfying for me and some of the puzzles i'm i'm really enjoying the balance of you know it's not super hard to figure out the the exactly what, like what you need to be doing but getting all the goldies while you do it mm-hmm. or doing those side missions there's some real fun challenges in there that i'm i'm excited to keep picking apart Oh, yeah, I completely agree. Christian and I are huge, huge fans of humanity. Uh, have you had a chance to play it in VR yet? No, I haven't. So I only oh, have a PSVR 1, and it's in my closet right now, kind of put <laughs> yeah. away. Yeah. Where it should be. That's yeah. where a PSVR <laughs> 1 goes. Uh, if you get a chance to, to play it in VR, though, it, I think it is 
even better. It, it, just being mm. inside that and having the people jump and you be able to look around and it, it's so so wonderful to play. Yeah, our, our reviewer Gabriel uh, said that he 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 thinks it's like one of his favorite PSVR two games games he's played in PSVR two for that exact reason. And you know, this goes back to my point from the earlier segment, which is it's a bummer that Sony basically keeps just showing, hey, we're putting guns in your hands. Uh, VR right. games because like it's all of these other types of experiences in VR that are so powerful and uh, it, it seem to be mostly ignored which is but what if the dog in humanity had a gun <laughs> you know what I, I'm subscribing to your newsletter <laughs> I just got to the others puzzles and now I want one so like we're... <laughs> yeah just shoot them yeah. yeah oh man those are intense um, alright uh, Christian Spicer I know we're running long and I got man I got some meat to talk about so go ahead <laughs> christian what, what is on your playlist so uh, one will be short and the other i do want to spend a little bit of time with go if i it. may i'll start with after us and i was provided a review code by the publisher um after us is a 3d platformer set in a post environmental disaster world where you are restoring life to the world as um like humanity you're you're playing as this wolf animal creature thing restoring uh cosmos uh <laughs> to, to are you okay christian are you, having a, you're, are you all right <laughs> i'm trying to describe how you, you're restoring space Spirits of the animals. So you are not an animal. You're this woman, but you're restoring spirits of animals that hang in the sky like a constellation through environmental disasters that have happened. But they don't quite say that, but they are, but it's not. And it's like humans killed the world, but you got to bring it back. And it is beautiful. And man, I did not like this game. <laughs> yeah. No, I didn't get that from all the other words that were coming out of your face. <laughs> it's like I it's, I really struggle and I feel bad because when I first started, when I first started, Jeff, I was like, oh, this is what 3D Sonic should be. There's no combat. And it's like it's just teaching you the kind of moves you have. to, And you have to like go turn on this dog cloud, basically. <laughs> oh, the like, dog this cloud. Is, I, I don't know what it is, man. I'm like, this is so cool. And like, you, you, you then are told like, now go explore the level more and do more of this and you'll bring back more. And it was, I was like, oh, cool. This, 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 this traversal is really fun. And then it wasn't. It's just like, it's a action platform with limited combat, which the combat I think only makes it worse, much like Mirror's Edge. Um, mm. This is not first person. But at, as it like tries to tell you to explore these levels, but then doesn't deliver on the promise of the, premise of what that should be like the intro i think starts so hard and so fast of like this oh yeah humans have ruined the earth we need to restore it and then it kind of just keeps walking away from that in a frustrating um like 3d traversal world <laughs> i was very excited when i started it and the more i played it the less excited i got so i was trying to think of a way that i could frame it as like here's where the fun could be found <laughs> And unfortunately, the more I played, the less fun I, I found in it. Mm. All right. Well, that's after us. Christian was not a fan. I Sounds like not, you were no. a fan of the other game you've been playing. Um, they say the name wrong. So I will say that. Yeah. It's uh, Planet of Lana. And this game is much easier for me to describe. It's OG Prince of Persia. 
meets Inside. And it OG, OG, is, OG Prince of Persia. Like 1986 Prince of Persia is what it is. Yes. 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 OG oh, Prince this of is, Persia. This is the one with like the pre-rendered animations, right? Like classic kind of Prince of Persia style, right? It does Very have much. a lot of that, yes. Uh, it, or at least it appears that way, right, Christian? Or, yeah. yeah, it's emulating that yeah. sort of yeah. look. It, it very much, and you know, jumping onto the ledge, and you kind of hit it, and then you pull yourself up and, right. and scurry along. Um, so I ran, I completed this game in about four and a half hours. I was also provided a code by the publisher. It's also available on Game Pass. I played it, uh, it sounds like much like Tom's wife enjoys a game, on my Steam Deck by my computer uh, yeah. <laughs> instead of playing on my computer it's an incredible steam deck game and it's incredible uh, i think it's phenomenal i think it is a must play i think the puzzles are just the right amount of head scratch versus got it like the time between head scratch to completion is the perfect amount to not make it didn't to make me not want to pick up a guide or a walkthrough like there was one that was a little trickier but most of them it was like oh what oh cool cool i see what i'm doing here and then you and then you get to do it and act out the thing and that time to tension that we talked about with inside jeff of like oh i wish my character ran just a smidge faster yeah. as this thing's but it's like it's perfectly timed to make it think like you're not going to make it but then you just barely do hmm. but you're not going to make a jump but you can just barely make this jump to clear over this enemy that's there and the, and the thing about it that you, you didn't bring up is that it's basically your character and this little alien and it's all about sort of getting both of you to a place and it can do things mm. you can't do and you can do things it can't do and you're basically trying to get both of you from the left hand side to the right hand side and sometimes it's easy for one of you to get there and not the other yeah, and you're only controlling your character, um, not not your little pet. You can give it commands, but you're not in direct control of your of your pet. Is kind of your your aide and your assistant. And the backgrounds are jaw dropping. The scenery and what I don't know if it's still called parallax, but what used to be called in the 16 bit days of like parallax of the screen, or like the backgrounds moving at one speed and the foregrounds moving at another. Some of the best I've ever seen in a side scroller type game where like it knows it. This game is so confident. Like you'll come into a screen and it will zoom out just to show you the vista. And as you walk pixel art too. Yeah. It's not it's like painted. It's not it's not pixel art in the terms of um like like a retro look. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it almost looks like a 2D version of Breath of the Wild to me in many respects Mm. of like Mm beautiful kind of painterly colors and like you can see the blades of grass blowing and it will like zoom out and then you'll walk and like a tree will come by in front of you in a really cool way awesome awesome um score that plays behind you Mm -hmm. i think it's an emotional game of like loss and trying to reconnect and it tells a story without overtelling a story like you it's like i don't is this earth it you know doesn't kind of bog itself down in what's happening um truly phenomenal and also the fact that i got through it in um four and a half hours made it i I played it in like two sittings you know i was like this is incredible this is incredible and then i was like oh i'll keep playing and then have it wrap it felt like it it was the perfect length for the story it told um and then chat's telling me it's the same composer that did the uh, composition for the last guardian which is also a game that i love so it makes sense that um the soundtrack in planet of lana Lana, sorry. No, it's Planet of Lana. We're going to do it. Lana Bashinsky is our friend, and therefore yeah. this is going to be pronounced Planet of Lana. It doesn't make any sense. Planet, you bring the sound <laughs> from planet to Lana. Why would you call it Lana? That doesn't make any sense. 
but it's incredible. I, I, I will put it down as a must play. And especially it's on Game Pass. So that's easy to say it's on Game Pass. It doesn't overstay its welcome. It is beautiful. Um, and I will say it is a 2023 must play. I loved every second of it. And hopefully evident by I was able, able to describe it easily. Like <laughs> after us, I was like, you're, you're this wolf thing where you're not a dog, but you're, you're getting a dog, but you don't have the dog. You're a girl from a tree. <laughs> I don't know, man. The platforming's not good. Uh, planet of Planet of Lana is phenomenal. phenomenal. I was also in a Planet of Lana this week, but that is only because Lana Bashinsky suggested a, I play a game that I had not purchased, <laughs> and I did purchase it, and it has consumed uh, my life. We talked on paid DLC with Lana this last week about um, this notion of, of of thinking about games when you're not playing them. And I have two experiences this week that are like that. The first is the game that Lana suggested I try. She said she fell in love with it, and she's like, it's totally up your alley. She was right. Nailed it 100%. It's called Wild Frost. This is a game I'm playing on Steam and Steam Deck. Have you played it, Tom? I have, yeah. I love this game. I love this game. Card battler, but very unique uh, mechanics. Uh, It it is um, uh, roguelite card battler where you're going on runs you're going from node to node and sometimes you'll go to a node where you can buy new things or get new upgrades and and other times you go to a battle node battle nodes are two sides your side of team the other side of of bad guys and two lanes uh, of those where you can place cards from your hand you have two basic types of cards one are allies they call them creatures that you can place on the battlefield that'll do things on their own, and then sort of single play cards that you can bring out of your hand. But anytime you do either one of those things, it counts as a turn. You do one thing on your turn, and it ticks forward the clock of turns. And every card that's on the battlefield, every creature, for lack of a better term, your allies and the enemies, has a little countdown timer that's going to proc, uh, that's going to activate their ability and so everything you do brings those countdown timers closer to happening both on your creatures and on the enemy creatures and it becomes very much this puzzle game of i see this bad thing coming what can i do to either put it off and allow me to deal with it and have more time to deal with it or make my characters move faster or time things or target my attacks to go off before I'm injured by that bad guy. It turns the the gameplay of playing cards out of my hand and doing the stuff that we've done a million times in a lot of these games that I love into so much more of a puzzle to be figured out. And let me tell you, friends, as Lana told me, this game is hard. Yeah. Hard. And it gets wickedly hard as you continue on. I mean, it took me a while to beat the first boss. Now I can beat the first and second boss pretty consistently. I'm in the third area and holy moly, does it just get vicious? Like the the <laughs> abilities of the bad guys get so complex and so intense, but it also has that great roguelite aspect that literally every time I play, I feel like I'm getting more powerful for the next run. I have stuff that is going into my hand, new characters that I'm able to play as, new new things that I did during that run that unlock new areas of my little village that let me upgrade stuff and 
builds toward more powerful decks in the future, unlock new entire types of characters that are going to be coming into my hand. The visuals are delightful. It has this cartoony aesthetic, but everything is very satisfying the way stuff is crunchy and thick and breaks. And when you beat a boss or the main bad guy of a certain battle, it'll like rumble and then go into slow motion and their card will twist and turn. It's like, you killed the boss. It's like, oh yeah, that feels so good. You unlock characters by breaking them out of the ice and you have to click a number of times to like snap, 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 break the ice. You know, very satisfying stuff. I love this game. Wild Frost. Love it. Tom, it sounds like you like it as well. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's a very good game. And you're right, it's punishing. Like, it's, it, I don't think I've ever played a, a card deck-building roguelike like that where you can so easily throw an entire runaway in a single move. Yeah. Like, you can just be... Because you can think about turns, like you were saying, it is a puzzle where you can think, like, 10 turns ahead and try to really map stuff out. And then you can miscalculate one thing play the wrong card and just lose oh yeah <laughs> it's just you can brutal. get totally destroyed by the bad guys in this game yeah and, and but I, boss- I agree it, it 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 doesn't feel to me at least it didn't feel punishing in like a it's unachievable it right. feels punishing in like it is a real challenge to figure out and overcome a hundred percent and it's got that cool thing that I liked from Rogue Legacy, which is every time you start a new run, you get three potential main characters to start the game with, and they're randomized to How, have three range. potential. How many did you get? Three. Did I do this? I didn't get that. <laughs> did you try again? Whoa, my watch heard you. I guess um, <laughs> not Siri potential. You, you did. You hold up four fingers and said, and I was like, "Was oh, he doing air quotes?" I'm saying <laughs> peace, <laughs> three, peace, man. Three, three, three. Do three. Uh, <laughs> three, but anyway, anyway, you have three, and they have randomized attributes. So you have uh, um, th- this cool thing of like, ooh, what, what interesting character am I going to start off with this time? It's just a, such a, I mean, it's really one of the best games I've played this year. It's called Wild Frost. I think it's 20 bucks on Steam. Great on Steam Deck. Love it. Love it. But <laughs> uh oh, that's not even... Yeah, I don't even have this one pulled up, Jeff, because in, in our doc yeah, to our I, listeners, I've masked we do some what show it is. prep. I've okay, masked good. what it is. Don't like, say it. I don't tried say Googling. It. I won't because I couldn't find it. I don't okay, know what it because is. Because here's what happened this week, Christian. And I know you're not going to like this because you're probably not even going to want to talk about it. I did something That's very show, bad. everybody. I did oh, something. So, you know, last week I went off. I, had, I was gone mm-hmm. last weekend. Uh, I went and played. had a board game weekend with some of my buddies, the old TRS gang. And there, yeah, I was busy. It was okay. <laughs> Sorry, but you're not part of the old TRS gang. Um, the, He's the, not wrong. The some of the folks, Alex Albrecht, and some of the uh, some of the my friends there, sold me on restarting my World of Warcraft. I knew this is where this is going. Okay, I knew this is but where not this is okay. Going. But not just. But not. Not Dragonflight, not the current retail version of WoW. I restarted my WoW subscription to play WoW Classic. Not just any version of WoW Classic. (laughs) I restarted my WoW subscription to play WoW Classic in hardcore mode. Now, Christian... You know me. Everything I've said thus far 
flies in the face of probably everything you know about me. First of all, I like the newest, latest, best. I'm not going to be playing classic. I don't going to look at the like old crusty version of the thing. That's not what gets me. That's not what brings my boys to the yard. You know what I'm saying? I want this, the vibrant, cool, beautiful one. I, I bristle at tears of the kingdom, having a low frame rate. I want the beautiful thing playing decades old OG version of wow. Okay. You also know, I don't, uh, I don't tend to play the, the souls likes. I don't like beating my head against the wall. I don't, uh, I'm not that guy. I'm playing hardcore, which is, <laughs> I don't know if you guys know that. I'm Tom. It sounds like you're familiar with this, but only classic. I don't know specifically hardcore. Okay. Hardcore is now there's rumors that blizzard is going to add this officially. I guess maybe they've even confirmed. They're going to add this officially to the game. It is not an official mode of the game. This is a completely fan generated phenomena. <laughs> it's a add on that you download that inflicts some very big restrictions on how you play. The first thing it does is it completely turns off the mailbox system and you can't get mail. So you can't send yourself gold or get anything. You have to start a brand new character on classic in hardcore mode, and you can play in single duos or trios. I'm playing in both a trio and a duo. And when you do that, <laughs> when you do one. that, <laughs> different characters, when you do that, you start by telling the add-on who you're duoing or trioing with. And when you do, you become soul-bound to those people. You are not allowed to play the game unless you are teamed up with them. If the, you are on a number, you can log on to the game. And if that person isn't also logged on or people, I guess, th that your partner or two partners aren't also logged on and in a group with you and in the same zone. So they have to be near you, physically near you. It will say you're in violation. You have 500 seconds to rec rectify this or you will be deemed unacceptable you, you know you're like kicked out of the club you're not playing hardcore we are going to flag your account so you have you are so you can't like oh i'm going to get on and do my professions while my friend can't play no you can only play when the other person is also online with you there is a box the add-on adds a box that comes up of all the people who are registered in your faction that are on playing hardcore mode, and it shows any of them that die. Because when you die, you have to delete your character or you can leave them as a ghost. Now, that would be bad enough, but if you're playing in a duo or trio, if one of you dies, the others have to delete their characters too. You are soul-bound. If one of you dies, all of you dies. <laughs> so basically, <laughs> you are putting in time, and let me be clear. <laughs> let me be very clear. Classic WoW, which I played at launch. I mean, I took a character all the way to 60 at launch back in the day, 20 years ago, whatever it was. It's a very different game than WoW is today.
I still play every expansion of WoW that comes out. And it is very true what people have said, which is that Blizzard shaved off all of the edges of the game. And I don't even, I didn't even realize how much that was true until I went back and played Classic and how restrictive it was, how much time is a commodity, how it forces you to do so many things that modern WoW is just like, oh, don't worry about that. Don't even just, we're not even going to make you do that. There's, there, you, you want to shoot an arrow? You have to buy arrows, <laughs> you know? You don't just get money in the game. And because hardcore mode forces you to not even be able to send money to, you know, in WoW, now you can have a character, you'll be getting gold, it'll be showering you in gold, and you can send <laughs> gold to your alts. So you start a new character and it's rich, you don't even worry about money. In Classic, Literally buying something is a huge decision because you have no money, but you have to buy your skills. You don't have to buy your skills in modern WoW. You don't have to go to a trainer to buy. You just level up and it's like, here's the new stuff you want. <laughs> you have to do everything. You want to be good at uh, two-handed swords as a warrior, but you've been using one-handed swords? Welp, sorry, you have zero skill in that right now because you just started. So you're going to miss there's missing. There's no missing in modern WoW. You don't you don't miss an attack in modern WoW. They just took that out of the game because it was like people don't like it. All of the stuff that people don't like is gone from WoW, basically. It's streamlined, and there's a certain joy in that. I'm not saying that's worse, but I now understand why people wanted WoW Classic, but I just didn't even get it. I was like, there's no part of me that wants to go back 20 years and play that. I I like the fact that it's prettier now and it's easier. There's little everything. All my quests are tracked on my mini map. I know exactly where to go. Wow, Classic didn't do that. In fact, nothing even glows in the environment. You want to find an acorn? Well, you better look because it looks like an acorn <laughs> in a sea of acorns. You know, it, there's no hand holding. It's the old school hardcore. I mean, it's the old school classic game. And in hardcore mode, Everything is terrifying <laughs> because you can die. You just get a little careless. They call caves like you, you don't want to go into a cave. Do not go into a cave. Caves are death holes because stuff spawns, respawns behind you. And so you'll be going into the cave. You're like marching in the cave, killing stuff, killing stuff to get deeper where, the, you know, inevitably the quest's destination the the little named character at the end of the thing has you have to kill but the stuff is respawning behind you and sometimes it you you get more than two mobs you get more than two bad guys attacking you you're in trouble you might die and it you and when you have put in tens of hours on a character and all of a sudden you or your friend is about to die i mean we've already died a number of times <laughs> <laughs> and it is soul crushing. It is so you're like, what? We didn't, and you think you're doing fine. We've, you just died to the stupidest thing. We, I had a, my buddies died because one of them was set to follow the other and they fell off a bridge. And they're like, no. And they both had to delete. And the motto of the hardcore wow community is we go again. <laughs> we go again. And so that's what we all text each other after <laughs> inevitably we die by some stupid mob that we didn't, we it just, were, it just, we just got in the groove and you're like questing along. You don't realize 
how often you die in World of Warcraft. And when you can't anymore, when you literally, or when you can't just let your friend die, everything becomes heightened. Everything becomes vital. Every decision, are we even going to do that quest? We got to go into a cave, man. <laughs> That's terrifying. I don't want to go into a cave. And they call they have they call things like open air caves where it's like it's not actually a cave, but it works like a cave because if you go deep, they're gonna put them on behind you. You realize the skills that you get. Uh, you know, in modern WoW, all the classes like have everything. They all have utility. And in classic WoW, like everything was specialized. You certain characters didn't have that. Certain factions like. The alliance couldn't be shaman. The the horde couldn't be um, paladins. It, like there was all these restrictions, and certain classes couldn't do certain things. So you're like every every skill that you get, utility skills come in super handy because you're like everything is heightened, everything is tense. And again, this flies in the face of how I play video games, right? <laughs> Christian, am I wrong? Like this is, doesn't sound like me at all. It's so fun. Dying is heartbreak. We go again. <laughs> we go again. So that's what I've been playing a lot this week. Having a text from your friend who's like, hey, are we, can we convene? I can't play unless you guys play. You know, <laughs> that's how it is. We have to be on at the same time. We have to carve out time. It's been an incredible new way to play a game that I have played for thousands of hours over two decades um and it has completely revitalized my joy in world of warcraft and it is as big a surprise to me as anything because i never thought i would want to i never thought i would want to play classic i never thought i would want to go back in time like that i never thought i would appreciate playing a game that kind of looks a little dated i mean a lot dated uh and yet here i am thinking about not dying all the time. Um, so that's my my adventure this last week. <laughs> uh, games with friends are fun. You know? It's true. Like, uh, yes. Get a good squad and, and you can... I mean, that's, for me, Valheim. I mean, it's a different game, but like Valheim solo, it's okay, cool. Valheim, when we get our group together and we played, like I played so much of that when it came out because it was super fun to play and explore with friends i am curious how many we go agains you have before that because it's not a, a rogue type like <laughs> right no type, there's whatever. no benefit to having died you get nothing so i wonder how many times you, just, you play that intro and you, just go like oh well, that's the thing. you switch it up you have a, you, you do a different species you do a different class you do a different uh faction you like you you have different pairings like okay that pairing didn't work too well like what other pairing so it's a way to sort of move through the content in a different way oh the other thing I need to tell you about real quick <laughs> is the other revelation, the other revelation that is blowing my mind is another add-on that I just tried for the first time. I think it's been around a little while, but I just tried it for the first time. And that is the AI voiceover for all the quests in WoW. Wow. It's amazing. It's amazing. It has performed vocal uh, you know, whatever voice performed voiceover completely AI generated. No human being was involved for every single quest in the game. And the voices are like good. 
They're good. They're good. If you're talking to Jeff, a Torin, they never, sound like a big gruff never, bull. Never praise the AI. Don't, I know. It's like that old well, Simpsons. Don't praise the computer. I you know. know, or whatever. Don't, do not tease <laughs> Happy Fun Ball. But <laughs> I, I'm shocked, and it's it's such a huge improvement where you can like t- take a quest, and then it'll just read it to you in your ear, and you can go out and keep playing. You don't have to sit there and go, "Hang on, I'm reading the quest, guys. Everybody, wait." I'm reading the quest. You can take the quest and start going and it's reading it to you and performing it. It's like surprisingly well done and surprisingly dramatic. And the voices are appropriate when it's, you know, when it's a female, it's a female voice when it's a, and they're different species and they sound right. And it's like, how is this possible? <laughs> Highly recommend the voiceover quest add on for world of Warcraft, which is a game I'm playing despite myself. <laughs> so there you have it, ladies you. and gentlemen. Uh, that is what I've been playing this week instead of Tears of the Kingdom. So disappointing everyone, including me. Um, <laughs> but that's going to do it for this episode of DLC. We do have parting gifts coming up. So stick around for those. Christian, this week on Paid DLC, when you were like, "What? Get, you used to be married to WoW, right? You're, I was like, I want to tell him so badly about this. <laughs> but then I was like, I got to wait for the main show. Uh, anyway, uh, we do have parting gifts coming up. So stick around for those. Tom Marks, it is always such such fun talking to you. Thank you for being here. Yeah, it was a pleasure. Awesome. Uh, tell folks where they can keep up with you and all the cool stuff that you do online. Uh, so you can find me on IGN. If you just Google IGN Tom Marks, you can find my page with all my stuff. Uh, I'm at Tom R. Marks on Twitter, but I don't use social media a ton and I don't have any other accounts. So that's basically me. <laughs> very cool. Uh, well, you, you got to read Tom's stuff on, uh, on IGN. It is, it is very good. Uh, and he is worth the follow because uh, I uh, was watching your ascending to the highest point in Tears of the Kingdom and leaping into a chasm. And I, I, I yeah. really enjoyed that. I took a Korok to the ver- the height limit of the map and dropped it just just to just, just to see. see if I could. Yeah. Very, very fun. Um, you know, in a different era, there would be a bunch of moms all worried that Tears of the Kingdom were teaching kids that you could just jump into water from any height and be okay. You know, <laughs> right? <laughs> Not a good lesson uh, Tears for the, of the kids. Kingdom is basically like STEM education. I think it's like it's it's building blocks. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, Christian Spicer, what about you? What do you got going on this week? Well, I will be uh, prepping and loading in season two, uh, the first few episodes of season two of Feeling This. Patreon.com/dlcpod. Yeah. Season one, all available. Season two is going to come with video versions as well. Some Amazing. really cool um, topics and, and great conversations that Alex Solman and I had. So that will be this week. Look for them to start uh, feeling this Friday again. Back uh, coming back in June. Love so it. And check- that's any level of Patreon. So any any level, we're giving you uh, the the feeling this episodes. You'll have an entire back catalog of the first season of feeling this as, as well. So that's uh, that's any level. So get on that. Get on it, folks. And then apparently I'll be texting Jeff randomly, just trying to distract him from playing WoW Classic. I'm like, <laughs> Jeff, urgent. Urgent. I'll, I'll text like Dan or Alex first. Like, hey, busy. They won't reply. And I'll be like, time to text Jeff. Jeff, urgent. <laughs> and then see what happens. Um, There's that's, nothing that's more the terrifying, thing. Christian, than like, okay, let's all log out because we got to do other stuff. Everybody hearthstone in your hearthstone. It's like something spawns. Ah, what's this? Stop anyway, go ahead. <laughs> it's my website, christianspicer.com. You can find a link to uh, the few remaining copies of my graphic novel. Consequences are available for sale there. And also, it's been a while since I've mentioned it, but there, it's getting good press, and it's super exciting. Um, the latest game I wrote on, Ra Ra Boom, 
um, is making the press rounds and had a great showing um, at Gamescom and, and press is continuing to get hands on it. So it's fun to see that. And I will speak about their impressions instead of giving my own because those are clearly biased. But you can search for Ra Ra Boom online and, and see people saying the good things about the fantastic. The writing. I mean, look, writing. Spice Man's the best track in Jedi Survivor. That's all <laughs> I'm going to say. You know, I'll leave it at that. Uh, you Jeff, can, what about you? You can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Jeff Canada, which is spelled with two N's and one T. Do the film cast uh, which is about movies and tv shows uh lots of big stuff because it's summertime uh we got uh uh, fast 10 we just did and what's this week uh we did uh little mermaid and we got into the spider or across the spider verse next ah get over there listen to us talk about movies and tv shows on the film cast uh i do the sports show that's called uh the fan controlled show you can find it at fan controlled sports and entertainment across all the places where you get content and We Have Concerns, which is the comedy science show I do with Anthony Carboni. You can find that at wehaveconcerns.com. All right, let's wrap the show up now with our parting gifts. Hey, give us a suggestion of what to do this week. Give us a parting gift. This is your parting gift. Tom, do you have a suggestion to help people get through their week? Uh, yeah, I'll I, I give a shout out to the show called Game Changer on Dropout, which is College Humor's subscription service. I've been obsessed with this show over the last few months. It is Dropout has really good stuff on it. Game Changer is one of the funniest things I have I'm watching right now. And it's this sort of game show, but the game changes every time and they get really weird with it, especially in the newest season. It's it's they just wrapped up a four episode arc of doing basically like a survivor version of it. It's just really, really would you do or whatever? Like the what what would we pay you or what was? Yeah, that was one of them, too. So they have some full episodes on the College Humor YouTube channel that you can just watch as like a see if you want to actually do it. And then Dropout has, I think, like a three day free trial. So it's 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 just a very good show. Awesome. I have, not, like, I have not seen it. I want to check it out. Most people who haven't seen it have probably seen some of it because I feel like I'm not on social media a lot either, Tom, but I feel like people would send me like, you got to see this. And they'd yeah, send me like a TikTok link. And I'm like, oh, I know that. No, it, that's it, from that show. What very show? clippable. <laughs> yeah. 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 That is Game Changer and it is on Dropout. Yeah. Christian. Also, what? I have to step away for three seconds to let my cat in, but I'm just letting <laughs> sure you thing. know. <laughs> sure thing. Well, a good opportunity for Christian for you to talk about what is on your uh uh parting gift list <laughs> uh my parting gift list it's only one thing uh, a friend recommended it's an old book but it's by older book blake crouch and it's called dark matter mm-hmm. and i had not read it i was familiar with uh mr crouch's some of his other works had already been adapted to the small screen dark matter apparently is an apple tv plus or going to be an apple tv plus show but uh i will speak vaguely about it so that folks i don't spoil anything for it but it is about a multiverse in a way that I haven't seen told before um, kind of from a deeply personal perspective of, of what that means and to experience it and, and, and work through it. And it is a really fun, fast read. Like it reads like a pulpy beach book, but the science is there as well. It's, it's, you know, it's not the Martian level of science, but like kind of in that vein of like, there's some tech to back it up. And, but then also it's a very personal tale um and i loved it i think the end felt was maybe the worst part but i don't know if that's just because it ended you know i think that type of story is oftentimes hard to put a perfect bow on because we've gone everywhere and seen everything and then how do you succinctly 
end that. Yeah. Um, but Dark Matter by Blake Crouch. And if you read it now, you can say you read it before the show. And the show, you know, the book was better if you'd like. Yeah, you guys got you to you impress your friends with the fact that you, you knew about it beforehand. Uh, I know all about dark matter. Oh, you understand the theory that the universe? No, no, I don't. Oh, I'm no, at the but book. the TV I'm show the thing, I like that one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my parting gift is a new show that hit Apple TV Plus that I have been very much enjoying. It's called Platonic, and it stars Rose Byrne and Seth Rogen uh, as friends, uh, or at least old friends who used to be friends in, in college, uh, a man and a woman who were friends uh, without any kind of romantic ties at all they were platonic as the title suggests uh and now uh they're all they're in a later stage of life they're in their 40s uh roseburn has three kids and is married and seth rogan just gets divorced and they sort of reconnect and see if they can still be platonic friends and uh, not because there's any romantic the, the show just like not even interested in any kind of romantic connection between them at all which is cool uh but it's just weird that a man and a woman are friends in this stage of life it's kind of about the fact that like hey we don't really do this when after we have kids. That's not that's not how friendships tend to work anymore. It's like couple friends, and the men hang out and the women hang out. That's what the show says. In, 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 anyway, um, but moreover, it's a, a chance for two very funny, charismatic actors to get into shenanigans and make uh, make very funny jokes. And I have uh, enjoyed Platonic quite a bit. It's from uh, the same people that did. Um, uh, a show that I think is very underrated called um, Friends, friends from Benefits. No, you're Friends from College. <laughs> friends from College, uh, which is a very underrated show. I really enjoyed. It had two seasons. Uh, but Platonic is good fun. I really like it. I mean, it's very adult and very uh, uh, raunchy, but very fun and very funny. I would just love uh, it if their other show was just like people hooking up, you know, just the opposite. <laughs> right. um, we also got a listener-suggested parting gift. This was sent to us at dlcfeedback at gmail.com. It comes from uh, Gui. I hope I pronounced that. Uh, Gui? Gui? Um, Gui Mora says, uh, I have a parting gift suggestion I think Jeff will enjoy and perhaps other listeners that love language learning. The History of English podcast by Kevin Stroud. It's a very instructive lesson on how English became what it is today. From Germanic roots to all the influences along the way, it explains a lot of why some words are pronounced so differently when they are spelled so similarly. As a non-native English speaker, it opened my mind to understanding English at a whole new level. One of the most recent episodes, The Rhythm of English, goes over the metrics that poems and stories were written in and how good text, a well-written text will help the reader or listener, focus on what is important. I think Jeff will love it if he isn't already aware of it. I hope that entertains you the same way it did me. See you soon. Help making the world, uh, thanks for help making the world a better place. Thanks for uh, writing in, Gui. That's uh, really something I'm going to check out because I did not know about the History of English podcast by Kevin Stroud. If you'd like to have your, your uh, recommendation read on the show, your parting gift, you can send it to us at dlcfeedback at gmail.com. That's going to do it for this episode of DLC. Thanks again to Tom Marks and Christian Spicer for hanging out with me. Thanks to our musical contributors, Patrick L., Sean Madigan, and Zero Star for those cool bumpers. Thanks to our theme song composers. It's White Cube, which is T. Ryan Arnold and Jason Sherry. Uh, we have to thank our patrons as well. We would not be making this without them. Thank you, patrons, for supporting the show at 
patreon.com slash DLC pod. In particular, our topmost patrons are hype train patrons. They get their names read out at the end of every episode, which we're going to do right now. Gather round, ye patrons. Nay, all listeners of DLC near and wide, as I regale in the tale of the patrons of the hype train. Tyler Buckwild Brode, Stephen T. Seifert, Joe DeFrank, Scott Lambert, Shoru Ken, Comedian Aaron Trahan, Curtis from Louisville, Relentless Rex, Michael S., Kyle Starr, Riley Knox, Rob Wixman, Hank Patton, Cheesy Bob, Victor Venezuela, Matt Bradley, Jeff Luxack, Mitchell Ness, Jimmy Radcliffe, Scott Hughes, Jenny, Nate, Zachary White, Yick, Soren Silk, Travis, Jackson, Michael Stadler, Nick Strauss-Klein, Josh Peak, Taylor, Bigert, Jason Novak, Octavian Ratziu, Christian Bravery, nay, Brave Christian, Christian, Christian Bravery, Jad, Peter Olberg, Michael Buck, Mike Lombardo, The Spice Man Silencer, Albert Verhelde Dios, Jonathan Spice Man Forever, Schleppler, Stugas, Kevin Brazel, Ben, Dan, Paulino, Malcolm King, Mark Gowland, Jonathan Putney, Will with one L, Harris, Chris Zacharias, Jonathan Talbert, Scooby Diesel, Adam Demby, Sasan, Dan Flanagan, Anthony Gulas, Andy Joyce, Matt Valdez, John Sisko, David F. Hyperboy66, The Wonderful Brian Jordan, Kevin Eddy, Rob, Wonder Rob Dominguez, Dwayne T. Robinson, as they gathered their heroic forces together help make this show, nay, all DLC shows possible to them. We say thanks. All right. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next time. Until then, think about what you put out into the world. Make it a better place.